Thank you so much for leading us in worship, and thank you everyone who has helped to uh, make tonight possible. Thank you. I'd like to extend a very, very warm and special welcome to uh, all of our guests and family that are watching with us online tonight uh, and that are here in the room. And it is so great to see everybody's faces. It's good to uh, worship together and to be encouraged in the presence of the Lord. And uh, we want to thank you for your prayers for us as leadership and guiding and directing and uh, seeking the Lord for wisdom each day. Uh, as you all live in this world that we live in, you know that one, there's one thing that's for sure not changing, and that's your Lord, your Savior, your Father in heaven. But there's a lot of other things that are changing, and that's okay. And, uh, uh, you know, what's this? Somebody said it. It has to be said that tough times never last, but tough people do. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the darkest hour only has 60 minutes. And God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And so we rejoice in spite of everything. And our focus is on celebrating and worshiping the living God who's not changing. I, I have a confidence in the living God. And every day that confidence is available to you and to I to live our lives for him and to walk with him and walk in courage, walk in courage and be built up and strengthened in his grace every single day. And um, things get better. You know what, what somebody said, you know, it can be really stormy, but the rain does stop eventually. Even, even when the great flood hit the earth, 40 days and 40, it stopped. It did stop raining. And God provided an ark, and he provided salvation to lost souls through Jesus Christ. If you're listening here with us tonight, Jesus knows your name. Our Heavenly Father knows you personally very, very well, and he loves you extremely, extremely well. And he wants you to hear his heart tonight and recognize that you can live on earth today with his strength to fortify you in everything that you do. And I want to talk about tonight, uh, see, basically I, I've called this see heaven open. See heaven open. You say, well, see heaven open. See heaven open. Does that maybe a little bit too spiritual of a thought? No, it's not. It's in the Bible. In a lot of places, in fact, Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer and certainly hallow and worship the name of our Father in heaven. But Lord God, your kingdom come where? On earth. On earth, how? He said, as it is in heaven, which is a very interesting thought because, you know, go and pursue that a little bit. What is it like in heaven? And, and what is the fellowship uh, of, of the presence of God in heaven? He says, how about that on earth? Well, it is available. It is on earth. His fellowship, the fellowship of our Father in heaven is right here. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is here on earth. And it's, it's not to make us, you know, so heavenly minded that we don't do any earthly good. It's so that we make a dramatic influence and change here on earth, shining forth the glory of God here on this planet for the sake of others. The, the, the love that he showed me, you and I get to show other people. And there's, so there's a huge reason behind it. And, you know, how much more in this, this interesting season that we're all in as we talked last week about how Jesus calms the storm. 
and how he's in the boat and there's water coming in your boat and you're not the disciples saying, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. No, there's just water in the boat. Jesus said, get in the boat. He said, I know where we're going. Or he's, Jesus takes us through the other side. Uh, that's been my experience. I've been through some interesting things and some hard things and maybe not as hard as the things you've gone through or you've been in, but for me it was. And uh, he's faithful. And he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I won't. I don't. That's not who I am. Don't leave me and forsake me. Don't leave me and forsake me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm with you. I don't sleep and slumber. Jesus was sleeping in the boat. I don't sleep or slumber. That's who I am. You see, the greatest power even for us in, in this day and age here. You know, while it's easy to get sidetracked into interpreting the natural, cir the national circumstances, and and maybe even add to the growing confusion in your heart or hearts of other people, the greatest power to encourage and strengthen people is the spoken word of God. You're the carrier of hope. Stay positive. Believe. Believe God's word. Declare it. Speak it out. And persist in faith. I want to talk about Jesus' sermon on the mount, and. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 5, and, and you'll read it as the Beatitudes. And I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to start in verse 8 and go to verse 16. Then I have another portion of Scripture I'm going to read. But I want to build on this idea of see heaven open, see heaven open. And again, the Scripture says a lot about this, and I don't have time to cover all of it. But I think Jesus' words where he says, pray, pray that, that, that the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that there's this, you'll see in the scripture, this connection between what God pours out from heaven uh, onto us is very, very exciting. It starts out in verse 8, and it says, what bliss you experience when your heart is pure. The pure there means innocent. For then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. For then your eyes will see. He wants us to see more and more of him, and, and it he wants us to live a righteous life so that we're going to see more and more of him and not, not live in darkness, not, not run away to dark places and avoid the truth of the life of God, but to, that our eyes would be open to see more and more of the living God, to see heaven open over our circumstances and the situations in. Jesus taught us to pray that. So it says, blessed are they. Blessed are they. Interesting, the English word, the Aramaic word, to weigh in. It means enriched, happy, fortunate, delighted, blissful, content, blessed. And our English word, well, it can be, it can indeed fit here, but to weigh on implies way more. It implies great happiness, prosperity, abundant goodness, and delight. To weigh on means to have the capacity to enjoy union and communion with God. How powerful is that? That's how blessed you are. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. God in heaven manifested on earth. Verse 9, how blessed are you when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right, for, what, for that is when you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. Interesting words. How ecstatic you can be when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. Somebody's saying, I don't feel so ecstatic about that. There's a reason to be ecstatic about that. You know, you knew this was going to happen. You know, Jesus said they hated me, they're going to hate you. So leap for joy, since your heavenly reward is great. For you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. 
Your lives, watch this, your lives are like salt among the people. All the people. Your lives are like salt among all the people. But if you like salt become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. So, he goes, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. How, for how can you hide a city that stands on top of a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? That doesn't make sense. God didn't light up your life and pour his glory into you to be hidden. And nor for his glory that is being stirred up and in you continually to be hidden but for others instead it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light so don't hide your light let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your father in heaven direct connection to the manifestation of God in your life influencing like salt bringing flavor in society that's around you verse 8 let me just tie verse 8 and 16 together here for a minute blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God the aromatic work word is nehazon and can be translated either in the present tense they see God or the future tense they will see God they will see God and then the Greek is they will progressively see God Blessed in the pure in heart, they will progressively see God. Do you see God today? Are you seeing his handiwork? My goodness, I mean, the things that I'm hearing of them. Did you hear about, did you hear about what happened in um, Beirut? There was a true story, pastor of a huge church there, 4,000. They were within the explosion zone. And, and that day, that morning, and they feed thousands of people. They were cooking. They were preparing for meetings that week. He told everybody to go home. He was so uneasy. He was so unsettled in his spirit. And he didn't understand why. And it was tr he was so troubled. And people were mad at him. What are you doing? And he said, you all have to go. I don't know why, but something in, his, in me is telling me. Something in me is telling me, you all have to leave. You all have to leave. You all have to leave. Go home. Don't come back till Sunday a and they were in a very dangerous zone proximity and of course now they're they're back in and they're they're helping and they're serving and they're feeding those people why because God is at work within you by his spirit speaking to you like he did that pastor over those people we can't ignore or deny heaven influencing our heart on the things that need to be done they will progressively see God. You can't, that whole congregation, they saw God. Based on, like, that doesn't make sense. What's going on? But it doesn't start just start and end with pastor. It's people. God is in you, and he's speaking to you for others, too. Okay, so that's verse 8. Progressively see God. Verse 13, regarding salt not being salty. Referring to people both Greek and Aramaic using a word that can mean either good or nothing or foolish. If salt that has lost its flavor is foolish, then salt that keeps its flavor is wise, okay? Rabbinical literature equates salt with wisdom. And then after speaking of salt, Jesus speaks of lighting a lamp. It was very common practice in the time of Jesus to put salt 
on the wick of the lamp. And when they put salt, what they discovered is when they put salt on the wick of the lamp, the light shone brighter. It made it brighter. Brightness. You see, the salt of wisdom will make our light shine even brighter. The salt of wisdom that comes from the word of God, progressively so we were to be seeing God due to a pure heart, abundantly enjoying our union with God, and that capacity only increasing. And our, bright, our, 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 our light shining brighter. I have three points here tonight, but I think I have more than three, but I... The first one is total reliance upon God and his word is the doorway into the kingdom realm of open heavens, progressively seeing him shining brighter in darkness. You shining brighter. See, so Jesus here is giving us, a in the Beatitudes, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's giving us a superior way, way to live than the Ten Commandments. Beautiful Ten Commandments. Jesus now okay, is, is, is giving us more than laws. He gives us promises of power to fulfill all that he asks us to do. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Righteousness is powerful. Notice the emphasis is not on an outward duty, like the, the commandments, the laws. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. No, no, he, he's, he's giving us an inward transformation of our hearts by grace. He, you know, no longer conformed to the pattern of this world, the renewing of your mind in the word, but transformed inwardly, inwardly. The living God is in you to change the inside of you, your thoughts, your emotions, your ways, your ideas, renewing you in his word, an inward change. An inward change brings, change brings about an outward change. And I know all so many of you in the room, and I'm like, man, you're a lot nicer person than you used to be because he's in you. <laughs> or you should be. You should be getting better all the time. You're welcome for that. It's like, it's just like if I become a grumpy old man, put me down. You should get sweeter with old age. In Jesus, sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Sweet Jesus. God's kingdom on earth, God's kingdom on earth, seeing heaven open up here is normal to those who will learn the ways of Christ and offer themselves to him in full surrender. But it takes us surrendering. It takes us giving our whole life to him and saying, Lord, your ways, not my ways. Your ways are way beyond. Your thoughts are way beyond mine. Those I want to be mine. You see, reliance and surrender is the intimate place of faith and communion that enjoying the communion with God comes out of a reliance and a surrender. Now, it's interesting when we talk about an open heaven or seeing heaven open on earth as it is like the things on earth here and and us seeing the manifestation of these things as if they're right here because they are right here. The veil is extremely thin. But you see, we're people that we have to we have to walk in a faith, and faith is that substance of things to hope for, and the evidence of things not yet seen. And so, and so, you, faith takes you through the veil to go. I see that person coming to Jesus. I see that provision being made. I see that 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 virus being defeated. I see the provision of the living God. I see it. 
I see it. Isaiah saw it in Isaiah 64, his passionate cry, tear open the heavens and come down. So one of the, one of the surrenders and the reliance here is like crying out to God. Now, of course, that's a couple thousand years before Jesus is, comes to the earth. And so his, his prayer was answered, I believe. And his prayer was salvation to mankind through Jesus. Here it is. Here was Jesus, was this gift. For, Jesus is here. And he's living in you by his spirit. God sent his son to die for us so we wouldn't have to die. Provide forgiveness of sins, life everlasting, an abundant life now. Here he is, right on earth. Wow. But it was a cry. It was a cry. Send a Messiah, the Messiah, to save man from his sin. Malachi 3, there's talks about an open heaven. Talks about no, I don't know if you know Malachi 3, but it says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse and see if I will not open the storehouse of heaven, a window, a gate, or whatever, and pour out. So, so bring, bring the tithe in the storehouse and watch what I do. I will open heaven onto the person that does that. Old Testament, the New Testament makes it even more cool because, you know, given will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, I'll pour in your lap. How is that not the same verse? The same meaning of how God pours out provision out of generosity, out of sowing, the sowing and reaping. There's another open heaven. We see Peter in the book of Acts praying for the Gentiles. The Gentiles. He's in the middle of the day. They're traveling. He stops. goes to the upper room. He begins to pray. And, he's, and the sky opens before him and he sees this glorious dream. And God uses it to, to bring people to Christ. So a passionate cry... Bringing and giving our all that has been told to us in Scripture, and that includes finances, that means our gifts, that means our time, our talent, our tithe. And then praying, praying for those that are around us that we would, you see, it got Peter out of the way to actually see God's vision of what he wanted to do, that he died. Jesus, he was, Jesus was sent for all, all, all. And then we have the story of Jesus' obedience. Jesus' obedience, let's say Jesus' obedience. Jesus' baptism. We see another open heaven. We see John, and he talked about this in the book of John. He says, heaven opened, and the Spirit came on him and remained. Another open heaven in Scripture. Well, because there was obedience, and Jesus obeyed and was baptized to fulfill what needed to happen, and then commanded us to be, commanded us to be baptized. The, the, the apostles taught and commanded to be baptized. That's what they taught obedience brings an open heaven and so i ask you are you baptized in the name of the lord jesus christ have you been water baptized and are you obedient and then we have acts chapter 2 and we have the pouring out of the spirit and in acts chapter 2 we have a people that are waiting and hungry we have another characteristic of what brought about an open heaven because when you go and read it it says that a violent wind from heaven where to come from heaven Something from heaven came down to earth right in that moment. It was the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was poured out, and people were filled and equipped, and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to do. Somebody say amen. There is an, oh, the heavens open, 
And from heaven comes things down on earth. Not that we be so like, like, and all crazy, you know, and like be so like, oh, I just live in heaven all day. No, come on, come on. We're people who have the spirit in us and gifts of the spirit to make a difference on this planet. And they're supernatural. They're from heaven. And they're, 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 they're given by God and distributed for the common good to bring about the kingdom. But it takes our obedience. It takes our waiting on. It takes our hunger. It takes our praying. It's something required of you and I. My next verse, sorry, my next point is, what do you want from Jesus yourself? Does this sound like you want an open heaven? Let me read you another story. It's in John chapter 1, 35 to 51. It says, the very next day, John was there again, and two of his disciples, as Jesus was walking right past them, John gazing upon him, pointed to Jesus and said, look, there's God's lamb. And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind Jesus. Then Jesus turned around and he saw they were following him, and he asked, look what he asked. What do you want? I love this. What do you want? I think tonight he's saying, what do you want? Like seriously. This is Jesus talking. This is the word of God. He looks to his disciples, his followers. What do you want? What do you want? They responded, Rabbi, which means master teacher, where are you staying? Jesus answered, come and discover for yourselves. So they went with him and saw where he was staying. And since it was late in the afternoon, they spent the rest of the day with Jesus. I would too. One of the, I think I'd spend the next day too if I'd be allowed. One of the two disciples who heard John's words and began to follow Jesus was a man named Andrew. Look what Andrew did. He went and he found his brother. Okay, I think we need to go and find our brother. We need to go and find our neighbor. We need to go and find our cousin. And we need to go and find our mom and dad. And he found his brother Simon. He told him, we have found the anointed one, which is translated to Christ. And Andrew brought Simon to meet him. Let's bring people to meet him. And when Jesus, you say, well, wait a minute. He, Jesus is in the Bible story. Jesus isn't here. Yes, he is. Is he? He's here. Okay. Where is he? He's in here. And he's in that book, Living Word. And you speak it, he's here. You're speaking the words of Jesus. Okay. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet him. When Jesus gazed upon Andrew's brother, he prophesied to him, gift of the Spirit, you are Simon and your father's name is John. So, <laughs> oh, but from now on you will be called Cephas, which means Peter the Rock. The next day, Jesus decided to go to the region of Galilee. Kind of like, let's go across, let's go across this, get in the boat, there's lots of people there, let's go across the water the other side, and then this storm hits. Well, it's like, like nothing's by accident, nothing is really by accident. The next day, Jesus decided to go to the region of Galilee. There he found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Now Philip, Andrew, and Peter were all from the same village of Bethsaida, and then Philip went to look for his friend. We see a pattern here. Nathaniel. And told him, we found him. We found him. Remember the, remember the, uh, the bumper stickers way? If you're old like me, you would know. It's bumper stickers that went around back in the 70s or 80s. And it was, I found it. I found it. Anyways, we found him. We found the one we've been waiting for. You'd remember that, Jeff, for sure. Um, that's not me calling you old, for sure. I'm the old guy. But anyways, what, what we've been waiting for is Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth, the anointed one. He's the one that Moses and the prophets prophesied would come. Nathaniel sneered. It's kind of surprising. 
Nazareth? What good thing could ever come from Nazareth? And Philip answers, well, I like this. Let's come, let's, let's find out. Let's find out. That's good. Let's, let's, let's find out. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, and again, here's, here's word and knowledge, Jesus speaking. Uh, now, here comes a true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motive. Wow, I like that said about me. That's pretty cool. Said out loud, Nathanael, okay, who was kind of like schneered. Uh, now, now he's stunned. Uh, what's going on? And he said, but you've never met me. How do you know anything about me? And Jesus answered, Nathanael, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under the shade of a fig tree. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a banana tree. You knew exactly what I was doing right there, right in that moment. And I think he saw his pure heart and his pure motive. That's why he spoke it out. Nathaniel blurted out, Teacher, you truly are the Son of God, the King of Israel. I mean, this is what happens, you know, when we bring people to Jesus. We tell them about Jesus. He does the work. Jesus answered, Do you believe simply because I told you I saw you sitting under fig tree? You will, ex- watch this. You will experience even more impressive things than that. I say to this audience and everyone, you will experience even more impressive things than that. I prophesy to you eternal truth. From now on, you will see an open heaven and gaze upon the Son of Man. See those two things together? Like a stairway reaching into the sky with the messengers of God climbing up and down upon him. So Jesus says, what do you want? You see, this this is the very first recorded saying of Jesus in the gospel, and it's a question to us. What do you want in following me? Do you want something for yourselves? Or do you want a ministry? Answers to prayer. Or do you simply want me? Let's start there. It's not that he doesn't want you to ask for a need. He's saying, what do you want? Do you want me in all these places, in all these situations, in all these things? I'm willing, right? We heard that last week. Or... You you see, their answer was, see, they wanted him because they said, where are you staying? We want to be where you are. I want to be where he is. The first question that God asked Adam and Eve after the fall was, where are you? Where are you? He knew where they were, and they were hiding. But the first words of the God-man Jesus is, what do you want? And Jesus says to Nathaniel, you will experience even more impressive things than that. From now on, you're going to see an open heaven. So it's, a, it's a reference to Jacob's ladder that we read about in Genesis 28. And Jesus is that stairway. Jesus is that stairway that joins earth to heaven. And us humans are also the messengers that are given access into heavenly realms through the blood of Jesus Christ. You have access to bring what's in heaven onto earth. Who do you pray to? Your Father in heaven, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you go directly to the throne room. He comes, he says, come boldly before my throne of grace. He invites you. What do you want? You have access. You're welcomed. And you, you give from heaven what's needed on earth right now in this time for the people that are around you, for your own family, for your own life and your own self in that enjoyable, wonderful provision of the fellowship you have in the Holy Spirit with God. You will see an open heaven and gaze upon the Son of Man like a stairway reaching into the sky. What do you want? What do you want? I'm challenged by this. I, I lay in my chair today praying for tonight, and I, he said, what do you want? 
What do you want? And I prayed what I want. So I want to encourage you as I close tonight. How about we cultivate a spiritual atmosphere of the presence of God? I want him more than anything else. You see, because he's the answer. He's enough. It solves everything. You say, well, doesn't, doesn't make my sick friend well. Yes, it does. Because now I believe in the provision of healing. I am confident in the gospel. I am confident in my Savior. You see, this is where you see heaven open, and, and we did it tonight. Worship. In worship. Worship the living God. If you're taking notes, write down 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13 to 14. You'll find that they made music and they sang. And the presence of the Lord filled the temple so much so that the priests could not carry out their ministry. The pastor was crumpled to the ground. He couldn't underneath. The, it says the cloud filled the temple. Worship. Worship. You want to open heaven? Worship. Worship the living God. Worship him. Figure out what that looks like to you. Get the music on or no music. Sing your own song and praise him and give him thanks and glory. He's so powerful. You're, you're the modern day temple that Jesus fills. And the Holy Spirit wants to minister the things of heaven into your heart and into your life and build up your faith in that moment when you worship. I have... If you can't see it, maybe later, I have little lightnings on my shirt. You want the power of God manifesting your life. Worship. Next thing you do is you come together in his name. You say, oh, we're not allowed to come together. It's just awful. We can't do Sunday morning right now. And I'm used to everybody being here. And here we are Saturday night. And this is weird. Come together in his name. You know what? He says two or three. Again, if you're taking notes, Matthew 18, 20, forever, where, for wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. An atmosphere of the presence of God is a place of an open heaven. You and I know that when you get together with a few people, you begin to pray. You begin to, you know it takes more than one person to agree. Get together with a few people and start agreeing. Agreeing in prayer. If one can put a thousand flight, two can put ten thousand flight. It's powerful. Come together in his name. Pray, worship, study the word, talk about Jesus, pray for those that you're praying for. The next one is seek to be filled by the Holy Spirit daily. How about that? Daily. Daily. We don't take it for granted. We want more of you, Lord. Fill me up. Fill my cup. Overflow me. Somebody gave me a beautiful cup. Says, Jesus fills my cup. It's like he's here. Make the Holy, this, this, don't, don't crucify, crucify me for this, but let him be that cup of coffee in the morning. Fill me up, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. I want more of you. What, what do you want? What are you going to ask him for? Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? Okay, I'm appealing to you about heaven on earth. Uh, heaven on earth like it is in heaven. Bring it down. 
Call it out. We see it in Acts 2. They were all filled and they equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in language they had never learned. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit, it says, in all occasions, referring to praying in tongues. Ooh, you, want to be, you want hands laid on you to, to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want, that's the thing in the Bible. Man, we'll love to teach you about that. Man, my life is different. Man, talk about lightning bolts when that happened. And then spend time in his presence, in his word. It says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 to 18, it says, now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Get close to the source, the light. He is the light of the world. And he says, you be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, Hill City Church. Shine your, bright, your light brightly before men. Brightly. Get the salt on the wick. Let's go. Come on. And then preach the word. Preach the word of God. Well, that's only for the preachers. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of them who bring good news. Good news. How beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. Bring it. Bring it. In Acts 1, it says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Here's heaven opening on you, and you'll be filled with power, and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places of the earth. I will empower you by the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, to, wit to, to, to bear witness to the people that are around you, of who I am, who I am to you, to give them hope and to point them in the direction of faith in Jesus. And then let me close with this. Prophesy and declare the promises of God. I said that last week. I'm going to say it every week because there's people that are feeling shaken. Some of you are experiencing doubt. Some of you are experiencing fear. And the birds of the air are pecking away at your faith and saying, what if this and what if that? And I'm here to, here to say to you, begin to declare the promises of God over your life. Because God is unlimited, unbounded, unconfined. He is high and lifted up, unchanging, dependable, constant, and all-powerful. Jeremiah said, Father, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Can everybody say, nothing is too hard for you? You need to declare that in the mirror as you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning saying, nothing is too difficult for my God. James 1.17 says, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Where does it come from? It comes from heaven. Where? On to earth. To each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. God, come and empower me today in the gifts of your Holy Spirit. Spirit, I confess a desire of your beneficial gift that comes from heaven for me today. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. You need to look in the mirror and say that too. And when you end your day, no, when you begin your day, you and I need to steward what God has already given us. He's going to give you more. He says, those are faithful little things will be entrusted with much. He is, he's like, what do you want? What do you want? I have so much for you. What do you want? Steward what you have, which would mean thank God for it and, and pray that God will use it in your life today. Put it to work. And you will see open heaven take place right in front of you.
I am saved today because people loved me in Jesus and shared the gospel with me. From an early child, different levels of it. And then I became this young adult who was kind of like, I want to do my own thing, do them go my own ways. And I was into all these things. Ignorant and arrogant in some ways and rejecting God, but there was, I was being drawn by the Spirit of God. And he came to my life. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Then at the cross, the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away. My night was turned to day. Heaven came down. And glory filled my soul. Father, tonight, all that you've entrusted to us. You ask us, what do we want? We want you. I pray for everyone here. The pure desire of you. The pure desire of you. The innocent desire. He said, blessed are the pure. Blessed are the innocent. For they will see God. We desire to see you. So we ask you for you. More of you tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, that you will help us to salt. God, that light in our lives, that it would burn brightly. We wouldn't be foolish. We would be wise in the word of God. And we would begin to apply it powerfully around us as the messengers of your grace going to heaven and bringing it down to earth not physically but spiritually in your word in worship and in prayer in crying out to you in stewarding it in waiting on you in fostering these times in your presence God touch everybody that's here tonight we say yes as your messengers in Jesus name Everybody said amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear how you have been impacted by this message. You can contact us at info at hillcity.ca or simply find us on Facebook and Instagram.